The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Oh, baby, yes. Welcome to a TGIFF. Thank goodness it's Firearms Friday. Um, Hi, how are you? Welcome to the program. Are you ready? Are you ready for some football? No, that's something different, right? Uh, <clears throat> you ready for some firearm stuff? It is absolutely uh, that one day a week where we get a chance to uh, do our thing and uh, hang out, talk about things related to guns and the Second Amendment and everything else. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready already. How about you? Are you doing it? So today it's you and me, and we've got uh, a bunch of stories to discuss. Uh, but more importantly, <clears throat> this morning I'm also – we, I had so much fun last week. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Last week we had um, some phone calls and some discussions. <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, with uh, I mean, just a bunch of folks that called in, and that's kind of my favorite part of the week, where we just get to sit and riff about kind of our favorite things and talk about firearms and gun rights. And uh, I mean, last week we we kind of went off the rails and just kind of talked about the reasons behind you know Firearms Friday and everything. And and um, I ended up kicking a whole bunch of stuff to the curb because I was just I was so uh, I was enjoying the phone calls with you uh, all week. And so I thought, well, why not? We'll do it again. We'll do it again this week. And so I have opened up the phone lines. And we're ready to go right now. Did we talk about movies a little bit? Oh, we talked about Kurt Russell movies. That's right. We did. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, we always have Willie Waffle. Willie's going to be joining us here later in the show uh, this morning. But we did get talking about movies and Kurt Russell movies specifically because Kurt Russell has got <laughs> – he's got that fan. And you know what? Later on in the show – uh, I also was looking for something else, and I found another bit where Kurt Russell goes up against the chicks on The View, and um, <clears throat> that was also entertaining. So <laughs> there is some, you know, folks, there is some hope out there for certain individuals in Hollywood who have made it far enough that I, I don't think they have to toe the line. I don't think that they have to you know, obase themselves to the, uh, you know, to the, to the gods of Hollywood, uh, to make it work. And, uh, I think that that is, uh, I think that's refreshing, uh, talking about people like Denzel Washington and, uh, uh, and Kurt Russell, um, uh, Chris Pratt, uh, to another extent, he has not been in the firearms things, but he's, he's taken a stand on things and, uh, it's, uh, 
it's great. It's uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a, a, a you know I think there's some good I think there's some hope out there. And uh, anyway, it you know maybe we'll discuss a little bit more of this with uh, <clears throat> with Willie uh, down the line and everything else. Um, and maybe along that line, we should, um, uh, maybe we, along that line, we should, we should talk a little bit about the bad side of Hollywood. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about rust. Now you will recall, and I, I'm not laughing because there was a tragedy here. Uh, Halea Johnson obviously was the, per, the uh, producer or the director that got killed. Uh, during the filming of that movie, and uh, but this case is ongoing. Now, we all know, if you've listened to this program for longer than five minutes, uh, you know that my wife is kind of like a true crime documentary uh, court TV watching junkie. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, why? Why do why do I love guns in space movies? I don't know. She just she loves she loves it. Um, and so I got home the other day and she was watching, um, she was watching, I think it was court TV or so, anyway, she was watching that was something that was basically giving us play by play. So the most current things about what's going on with the court case <clears throat> over the rust movies. Now, this is an interesting case from a firearms perspective, simply, well, I guess for a couple of reasons, first and foremost, We've got a lot of he said, she said. Um, and secondly, um, the fact that Alec Baldwin has been so very, very, very vocal about how private citizens should not be able to have guns that um, <clears throat> should, you know, should not be able to defend themselves, that we just need basically to shut up and sit down. And uh, do what we're told and that, uh, you know, the hypocrisy of something like this where the, he then turns around and is making a living using firearms to entertain us. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's the, the hypocrisy is stunning on something like this. And now, of course, he has he has um, he has insisted that this entire time that he did not, that he did not, he had the gun, but he did not pull the trigger. Now, I had to, I had to chuckle because, you know, first of all, I realized that I have a serious bias in this situation. That I, as a gun, as a gun guy, as a more conservative leaning person, that I have a serious bias in this situation. So that when he said that the first time, I almost hurt myself rolling my eyes so hard because it was like, oh, yeah, you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't uh, uh, pull the trigger. Sure, sure. But watching this court TV thing with what's the guy's name? Vinny Petrullo, Vinny Patello. Anyway, it's a it's a, a it's a he's a he's a famous lawyer, apparently. But I mean, obviously not some kind of right wing Fox News, OAN, I don't know, just, but he's just a, even he, when they got to that part where he said, where he's like, yeah, but Baldwin is reporting that he didn't pull the trigger. And then he looked at the camera and it was like, yeah, because that's how those things work. You just don't, you know, I mean, it was even obvious to him 
as a non-gun person, and he was a non-gun person, this attorney, because he was asking, he was saying things like, I don't know, I think, maybe. But even he was like, that's not how those things work. They, you know. Uh, and so he, uh, they goes on, but he's been just insisting that somehow he did not pull this trigger and everything else. Um, anyway, it was, uh, this, this, this court case is fascinating. Um, I actually sat there with her for about an hour and watched and watched this to my utter shame and chagrin. No, I got a lot of good information out of it because I watched a lot of the interviews they interviewed, um, well, they interviewed Alec Baldwin. They interviewed Hannah Gutierrez, who was the armorer on the set of Rust. Um, and they interviewed um, the producer, the guy who's copped a plea deal. Okay, so there's the, there's the armorer, the actor, producer, and then there's the director, the assistant director or whatever. He's the one that's actually cut a plea deal and is, and is, and is testifying for the state. This does not look good for Alec Baldwin or Hannah Gutierrez at this mo- at this point either, uh, because it appears that she was uh, on. It appears that she was on drugs a lot of the time. She was making jokes about cocaine and all kinds of stuff. And <clears throat> and but, you know, again, young kid stuff that probably should not have been in charge of a um, of a set uh, of, of the armory, uh, be the armorer of a movie set. Um, and it, uh, pretty interesting stuff. I gotta say right now, what was most interesting was in the, uh, in the, uh, um, uh, interviews, they all said things that conflicted with each other because we saw, because the show showed them back to back to back. They all said something a little differently. But here's what it looks like the final consensus was when it was all said and done. Hannah Gutierrez loaded the firearm with blanks, passed the firearm off to the producer or to the uh, director, uh, and then had to leave the room. She could not be in the room because of COVID restrictions. Even though technically she was supposed to be there to oversee everything, she could not be in the room because they could only have a limited number of people in the room at a time due to COVID restrictions. And the and the movie company, so she would have to pass it to the director outside of the room. He would then walk it into the room. He then handed it to Alec Baldwin, who then in turn started to do the 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 practice or the the uh, rehearsal, and then who ended up shooting uh, the the other director, the director of photography. And um, <clears throat> this is going to be a hot hot mess, but. Um, the armorer continued to say, Hannah Gutierrez continued to say uh, things along the lines of Alec Baldwin didn't take gun safety training seriously. That was kind of the lead takeaway from all from the big takeaway that I got from watching these different interviews. And so while most of you probably don't care about this, <clears throat> I mean, tangentially, it has to do with firearms, mostly because Alec Baldwin has been so vocal and vociferous about condemning Americans who want to own guns because like, we just can't, we just can't handle it. We're, we're, you know, and, um, and he, and it's ironic that my guns have never killed anyone. 
anyone ever. And yet, uh, his have. Uh, now he may get away. He, you know, he may be able to dodge out of this in one way as an actor. He may have been responsible, but if they find that Hannah Gutierrez was not a viable candidate for an for being for an armorer for being who is responsible for all firearms on the set, um, as the producer, he may be liable in that way as well, not just as an actor, but as a producer, because he's wearing two hats in this deal. And uh, the behavior of Gutierrez on the set and some of the other things that were reported earlier, like some of the cast members were going out and shooting real bullets with the guns that they were using on the set after hours or whatever. I mean, there's some crazy stuff that was going on that as a guy who's done a lot of shooting, been on a lot of ranges, done range safety stuff, been an instructor, um, things that makes my skin crawl just a little bit up the back of my neck. Um <clears throat> because, you know, when you're shooting a movie and you have guns that are being pointed at people, at cameras, that kind of thing, you have to be excruciatingly careful. Um, there should be no live rounds anywhere near those sets. And quite honestly, those guns, even if they were capable of functionally firing a bullet, which obviously these were, they, you, you, those should never have live rounds put in them. You know, they, they should never, ever, even under control conditions, the danger, it's just so, it's it's just crazy. But <clears throat> the state of New Mexico is serious about this stuff right now. They are serious. They are going after this hammer and tong. So there's obviously something here that we are not aware of. And uh, we'll find out more about that. All right. I got one phone line on. Ho- oh, no, they just hung up. You guys, I was only, ta- I talked. Uh, Go ahead and call back. If you want to call back, 907-433-3150. Just had someone on hold, was just going to get ready to go to them. But I guess it worked out because we're up against the break. And we got to continue here. We got to go. We will be back with more. It is Firearms Friday. We'll start with your phone calls on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll return right after this. The Michael Duke Show. Gun Radio today, baby. TGIFF. Thank goodness it's Firearms Friday. Back with more right after this and your phone calls. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee we dip our beard in coffee ha <laughs> nice beard the michael duke show okay <clears throat> i looking at uh jesus we are all old I'm just looking at the chat room and everybody's like, oh, ah, oh, so old. Uh, the Advil's kicking in. Oh, man, my back, my joints, my head, my spleen. Uh, it <laughs> don't remind me how old I'm getting. All right. I'm not that old. Dang it. 
I saw something the other day about one of an actor that I enjoyed watching, um, and I can't even remember his name. He was a character actor, and it came up in one of my feeds or something that I was scrolling through the other day. I'm like, oh, I like that guy as an actor. And then I realized, oh, he died at 50 – oh, he died younger than I am. And I'm just like, am I getting to that age where everybody just is, you know, wow, 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 wow. Uh, anyway – Brian is Brian's over here mainlining coffee and Advil. Uh, Bill's feel, Bill's feeling it, I'm sure. Um, um, okay. Uh, so glad it's Friday morning. Me too. <clears throat> Me too. It. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, Gail's going gun shopping this weekend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Morning from Fairbanks is Debbie. Travel day is here. Looking forward to a beautiful drive to Palmer. Is there a must-eat lunch spot down there? Oh, there's a couple good places. A couple good places. You could always eat at the Snow Goose uh, Cafe in Palmer. That's a a great place to eat. Um, uh, Where else? I mean, uh, it's been a while since I've been to the Palmer side of the world. Uh, there's a couple good place. Uh, there's another, there's a sandwich shop in, uh, Wasilla. What's it called? Not manna from heaven. Oh, it's called he brews. It's a coffee shop, but it's got a, it's got a sandwich thing attached to it. And they make a sandwich that's like this thick. He brews. That's why I said manna from heaven. It was Hebrews. Uh, anyway, they make a massive sandwich. They've got an they've got a Facebook page. You can go look at Hebrews Wasilla. H e b r e. You know Hebrews. It's a pun on coffee. Anyway, they make some amazing sandwiches there. So if you like a sandwich, that's a good place to eat. Or just go to the Last Frontier Brewery there. I think Last Frontier Brewery. Anyway, they make a black and blue burger that's blue cheese and bacon and <laughs> yum. Um, okay. Now I'm hungry, man. So who needs a burger at breakfast? Um, I should go over to the phones and get the name there. I'm sorry. Let me let me do that real quick. I, I got sidetracked this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Oh, hello, Ron. Uh, you triggered a little oh, thing there with okay. uh, Don't, hold celebrities on. and gun safety. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to come back to you. Don't go anywhere. Uh, wait, I got. I got. I don't have a lot of time here. I got about seventy seconds, so I want to. I want to take your call when we get back, Ron. So just be patient. You'll be, I'll be right back to you. Be right back to you. Did I see the Colion Noir piece about Tommy Chong? No. Can you summate it for me? I have a question about that. Apparently. Um, Gail says, I have a question. My right hand is degenerated. So I'm thinking of learning to shoot left-handed. Jen Robin as an occupational therapist has an occupational therapist that I'll go to for a custom 3d printed stock looking at an ultralight 38. I, you know, that's not a bad deal. You can be, you can learn to shoot left-handed. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're not ambidextrous, it's going to take you some time. It's good, you know, but it's definitely doable. Um, I can shoot left-handed, not well, but I can shoot left-handed, um, you know. Anyway. Um, considering the governor of New Mexico's recent behavior towards guns, there might not be much there beyond making a political point. I mean, you might be right. 
Um, I think this is being done at a county level. I'm not sure it's being done at the, the state level, but they're serious about it. I guess we'll see. You'd think that she'd want to curry favor with people like Alec Baldwin, but we don't know. All right, Ron's on the line, <clears throat> and we're about to jump back into it. Let's do this thing. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Yeah, baby. What the hell is an assault weapon? Does that mean that if we hurt your feelings, you should consider the Michael Duke Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay. We can accept that. Here's Michael Dukes. Kind of a dick, but somewhat funny. I, what? I mean, that guy is so mean. I can't believe I actually paid him to voice stuff for me. And then he throws those things. I didn't even write some of this stuff. He knows me too well, quite honestly. He just knows me too well. All right, let's go back over here to uh, the phones and get started. Ron, uh, my buddy from North Pole, is up there. My former neighbor. We're all neighbors in North Pole. I mean, North Pole is larger than, you know, half a half a, a, a big city. But it's, you know, we're all neighbors. Ron's on the phone, and he wanted to. I tickled something in your fancy. What What did I tickle, Ron? Don't the, my, Is there an HR form required in this well, or you, what? You were uh, talking about celebrities and firearms, particularly firearm safety. And uh, I'll have you just fire up your Google for you. Uh, Google in uh, Will Smith on gun safety video and take a look at it. Okay. Can you say, for those of you who are listening on the radio, can you summate it, uh, summate, summate it up? Can you summarize it for me? Just... Uh, it is a, the scene is a table on a movie set. Uh, getting ready to uh, rehearse a firearm sequence, and the, uh, I assume, director, or some variation thereof, picks up a semi-automatic handgun. And as he does, he points uh, the muzzle towards Will Smith, who immediately shoves the gun aside, takes it from the director, clears it, and hands it back to him. <laughs> and is like, do you know what you are doing, sir? <laughs> it's it's uh yeah, I I could I could see the, I could see the headlines here. Will people smacking people with a gun? He has insane gun he says he has in the other headline, Will Smith has insane awareness of gun safety. Uh he will swiftly point out your faux pause on the movie set. That's great. That's great. I mean, it's good. It's This is the kind of stuff you need, right? I mean, this is the kind of stuff you need uh, when you're doing it. I'll uh, I'll have to go back and look at that. It's, it's you know, Ron, you, I think you and I have talked uh, about this. I think you and I have talked about this in the past. But, you know, isn't it refreshing to see more and more um, uh, over the years that, that gun safety, although subtly, has gotten better on the sets of televisions and, you know, television and movies? I mean, you're seeing it. I think you're seeing a lot more proper gun handling uh, in a lot of, not every show, obviously, but I think overall it's gotten better. Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, yes, particularly uh, I noticed that the uh, change to proper firing grips has become more prevalent than it used to be. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think proper firing grips, although I had to laugh, after our conversation last week, somebody sent me a 
an email and said they trained, they were a trainer with a lot of agencies around the country and around the, that they trained with them. They helped train the officers. And he said, one of the things that they would actually do is they would say, they would go have them go watch a few episodes of Adam 12. And they would say, this is a, this is a master class <laughs> in what not to do with your firearm. And that's, they would actually show them copies of that because they would, you know, they're just pointing them everywhere, fingers on triggers, walking around. So, um, anyway, going back to your uh, to your earlier talk, uh, you're showing your age with Adam Twelve, Mike. I mean, if that was really actually before my time. I did, I do know what it is. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode <laughs> of it. That just means that you must be older than me if you knew what I was talking about, right? My my ability to recall that I think is some way remotely uh, connected to the absence of color in some of my hair. Exactly, exactly. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for calling in and sharing with us today. That's All right. that's some good stuff. Take care. I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to watch this video uh, later on. I'm putting it on my watch later list. Will Smith smacking people down with gun stuff. Um, that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal. You know exactly. Not that I think Will Smith is an admirable person per se, but at least he understands um he un- he understands uh the idea of gunflower of uh gun safety, gunflower. Uh, that sounds interesting, gunflower. Um all right, um is Will Smith stable enough to own a gun? If I were Chris Rock, I would wonder about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just, like I said, not necessarily an admirable person, but, uh, you know, uh, doing his thing. Uh, okay. Um, we might, and that might be, you know, that, that was the other question. Did we ask this last week? Favorite gun movies? Uh, I mean, I'm still, you know, any of the John Wick movies are still up there in the top, uh, for sure. Uh, any, any of the John Wick movies or Antoine Fuqua is also, Another director that does some amazing stuff uh, in kind of the gun fu series, you know, that kind of stuff. And John Woo. John Woo is another one. John Woo, uh, which is the, um, you know, the replacement killers, bulletproof monk, um, um, the uh, hard boiled. Oh, so many, so many good movies uh, in those regards. All right, let's uh, head on over to some other uh, headlines. I do want to get to this here. I want to walk through this new bill with you, which is SB 229. This is the new bill from Loki Tobin, Senator Loki Tobin. She has submitted a bill. uh, The headline reads, an act relating to gun violence protective orders relating to the crime of violating a protective order, relating to a central registry for protective orders, relating to the powers of district judges and magistrates, amending Rules 4 and 65, Alaska Rules of Civil Procedure, and Rule 9 of the Alaska Rules of Administration, and providing for an effective date. Now, if you are as confused as I was by this, welcome to the club. Uh, This is a... I, I've read through this a couple times, and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what this changes. But it was brought to this this uh, this uh, bill was brought to my attention as a form of a new form of red flag law, and I'm trying to work through it. So we, I think, we'll probably read through this together. 
a little bit later on in the program and go for it. I will drop the link in the chat room if you'd like to uh, go out and find it. If you're listening on the radio and you want to go over to uh, uh, and you want to go over to the uh, Facebook page and get this link so that we can read through it together, feel free to do so. I just I just uh, I just uh, uh, posted it up on the uh, uh, in the chat room, which you can find at facebook.com slash Michael Duke show slash live if you want to go read this. Read this bill, and then we can kind of go over it here a little bit later in the show, maybe after the top of the hour, and we'll start talking about that. So the latest in the shooting in Kansas City. Now, the first thing we heard about Kansas City is the first thing that we heard was that they had arrested three people, two two or three people, and that they were youths, juveniles, youths. They were youths. Um, We knew that three juveniles were detained. Two were later formally arrested, um, and we didn't get much more information out of this. Um, but as I suspected at the time, based on what was going on and kind of the the behavior and what was being reported, I assumed that this was some kind of criminal-on-criminal criminal violence. And uh, it turns out that that may be the case, but it's not just... Uh, the youths, the juveniles who were involved. Now two adults have been charged with second-degree murder following the shooting um, at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl party uh, parade last week. Uh, This is from the Daily Mail. Lyndall Mays, age 23, and Dominic Miller, age 18, are facing charges including murder in the second degree, armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. These are not the two juveniles that had been charged with gun-related offenses and resisting arrest last week. So remember, the first two things were were juveniles. They they couldn't legally have guns, and yet they did. So one more law, as we point out, was not going to slow them down. Um, Prosecutors alleged that Mays, the 23-year-old, pulled his gun first during an argument, which resulted in others pulling firearms, including Miller, the 18-year-old, and the two juveniles. So this is, again, braggadocio and, uh, and buffoonery on, on trial here. We're in a crowd. We're having an argument. I'm going to pull a gun. Let's see what happens. Um, now, this changes a lot of things. Uh, the the 23-year-old Maze is old enough to buy any kind of firearm he wants. Miller is only old enough to buy long guns. Uh, but <clears throat> it seems that Miller had a handgun and that Maze just finished probation for a gun-related charge. He's the one that uh, is... Uh, He's the one that's accused, the 23-year-old is accused of firing the first shot, and uh, Miller is accused of returning fire. Um, and the again, Miller is the one that apparently shot this uh, um, DJ, grandmother, all-around community, beloved community person in the form of uh, Lisa Lopez-Galvin. Missouri court record shows Mays had just completed a two-year probation sentence earlier this month for an altercation in Belton. He pleaded guilty on a misdemeanor charge of disturbing the peace, but apparently at that point he had also had a gun anyway. So if it's a misdemeanor charge, I don't know if it would have made him a prohibited person, but um, uh, 
but but Miller definitely was not supposed to have a handgun. And this whole thing is basically what it turns out. This isn't a mass shooting. This is the kind of thing that happens in, the, you know, inner cities and, and in gang territory all the time. This just happened to happen this in the middle of a crowd of people who were just trying to celebrate the victory of their favorite sports team. So is this really a is this really an issue that they could have fixed by having one more law? Well, two juveniles who weren't allowed, the 18-year-old who wasn't allowed to have a handgun but did, and the 23-year-old who uh, would just come off of probation for another gun-related charge who may or may not have been a prohibited person but was the first one to pull his gun during the argument. Any of this going to fix any of the laws they're proposing going to fix any of this? And you'll notice that a lot of the coverage of this has died way down. Remember how back in the day, you know, CNN and all these other people, this would be 24-hour news. They would have talking heads ad nauseum over something like this. But as soon as they figured out that it was the it was the unsung gang-related utes of the community who were arrested and not some crazy right, you know, white, white, white knight of something of the KKK or something else going, they immediately said, oh, well, we, we, what story? We don't even, was there a story? We forgot about this. And so, I mean, again, luckily, um, you know, tragically, this woman lost her life, but luckily with all the bystanders, and if you've seen the videos, there were people everywhere. It is amazing that more people weren't killed in that situation. And I think it was that to me was one of the first indications that this was not a mass shooting. This was simply a gunfight amongst a bunch of criminals that went wrong uh, and happened in the middle of a crowd. Um, And so, you know, here's the what is the problem? Gun control isn't the answer to preventing something like this. There's, I mean, obviously, when three out of the four participants were not legally allowed to have or or to possess or to acquire what they had, then obviously changing the law is not going to matter because they ju- they already broke the law. So what is the problem? I will op- opine that, again, the problem here is the broken families. The fracturing of the atomic family unit, fatherless behavior, and, um, you know, basic all-around cultural degradation is the cause of this. That life is so cheap and that most of these kids are running around looking for something because they have, because they have no father figure in their life. They have no other place to belong, and so these gangs have become their home, and that's where we're going. All right, um, we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta fly forward. I hate that song. Why do they keep playing that thing? I'm gonna do this. That that's it. We're gonna. There we go. I don't hate it. That was a, hate was a strong word, but I keep mashing that button. So now I moved it away. All right, we're going to continue. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to sound off on anything that we've been talking about this morning, or you know. You just want to share your favorite gun fu movie. I'm all about it. Hit me with it. 907 433 
3150-907-433-3150. We will continue right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. All right. Where were we? Uh, okay. I see I just got one phone call that just dropped onto the line. It's going to take a second for it here to, uh, all right, we're going to continue on. Um, Chris just said, I just watched the Joe Rogan, Tommy Chong interview. What an idiot Chong is. And he looks like he smoked his brain. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Brian says, how did we get Loki Tobin? She's a complete nut job. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing. I mean, she was, she, you know, came out of Esther, that whole area in Fairbanks. I mean, I don't want to apologize for the Esterites, but dang. Um, let's see. Uh, Robert says beekeeper was a good watch. That's that movie beekeeper, the new Jason Statham movie. I've been wanting to watch that. Um, <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, it's pretty obvious that if you pay legislators to write new laws every year, sooner or later, everything will be illegal. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the whole three laws a day, right? I mean, there was an actual book that was written called three laws a day that talks about how the average American unknowingly and unwittingly breaks three federal laws every day. Because there are so many of them, you have no conscious way of knowing that you're actually breaking the law. Um, anyway, um, um, any gun law is unconstitutional and all gun laws are unconstitutional, <laughs> said Armton AK. I'm not disagreeing with either one of those. Oh, there's a shocker for you. This is my shocked face. Um, you can, you can clip that later and put it. That's my shocked face. <laughs> Wait, I should, I should hide that. That's my shocked face. What? Criminals do crimes? Um, Richard says, ooh, there's a text wall. Minnesota has also been tight-lipped with the information on the black gentleman from Burnsville, Minnesota, that shot and killed two white police officers and a white EMT. Ironic how quickly the media morons started calling Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist, even though the creeps trying to kill him that he neutralized were also Caucasian. The guy in Burnsville was reportedly banned from having firearms, which is also interesting. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing is, I mean, wait, you're saying that the mainstream media is the enemy of the people? You're saying that they may mislead us? Um, uh, Jeannie says, I'm struggling with charging the kid who returned fire with anything other than unlawful possession. Well, you'd also have to charge him with at least manslaughter for shooting the teacher because his return fire is what, not teacher, the DJ. Uh, his return fire is what killed the woman. So you'd have to get him 
You'd have to get them both. Um, <clears throat> didn't was Baldwin on the stand when he said he wasn't pulling a trigger? No, they just now finished. They just now have impaneled the jury. That's what they they went through voir dire and and they did the whole jury selection this week, and so it will probably start sometime next week. Um, late next week. So he was not on the stand. That was just his testimony that he's spoke to, he spoke to the press. Remember when he spoke to the press and we're all like, dude, you should probably shut your pie hole and talk to your attorney. And he also said it in the interview. Um, okay. Three felonies a day. Yep. Um, Brian. And that was, uh, who said that? Was that, it was Himmler? Or no, that was, uh, oh, who's the Russian that ran Treblinka? Oh, anyway, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. I can't remember the guy. The name just escapes me. He was, uh, he was the secret police under Lenin. What the hell is his name? That's going to bug me. Anyway, he said, show me the man, uh. Russian guy, be something. Beriev. Thank you. Beriev. That's who it was. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. Um, California is trying to learn about your guns and storage through your insurance policy. Oh, man. Yeah, Beriev. Yep. Thank you, Rob. Rob tried to come to my rescue uh, and almost got there. Um, all right. Show me the man and I will show you the crime. Basically meaning you can make anything illegal if you try hard enough. Uh, all right. We're going to, oh, I had a caller and I didn't, uh, I didn't get their information and they hung up because people are impatient. Damn you. Damn you. All right. We're going to continue here. Uh, the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio, like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Uh, whatever you guys want to do, let's get, uh, let's get to it. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's do it together. You and me. Imagination. Here we go. So many random voices in my head today. Let's get to it uh, right now. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Gun, uh, phone lines are open. Gun Q&A all day. We're here to answer questions, talk about things related to firearms. Uh, just shoot the breeze. <laughs> Get it? Shoot the breeze on Firearms Friday. Um, I mean, we could have been shooting the bull, too. I mean, whatever whatever it is, but we, you know, we don't advocate for violence against animals, so we're going to shoot the breeze instead. Uh, it's just That's just how it is. Uh, took some interesting questions earlier in the program. Um, one of our listeners uh, says she has a degenerative issue with her right hand and is considering going out to shoot and to learn to shoot with her left hand. 
And what are, you know, what are my thoughts? Uh, she also has apparently has a friend who's got an occupational therapist that will help them cu- uh, sh- uh, uh, custom print a 3D stock for her gun, which I mean, fantastic. That's great. Uh, she's looking at an ultralight 38. Um, great. You know, the problem, of course, the only problem with that that I can see is that the problem with the ultralight 38 is that they are, um, well, any of the ultralight pistols is that although they are extremely light to carry, they're usually made of what scandium, titanium, combination of scandium and titanium. They are very light to carry. Um, the recoil can be significant because there's not enough whip, uh, you know, weight in the gun to counterweight it. So, you know, while the the regular gun may be a little bit harder to uh, carry because it's, you know, or aim properly or whatever. You have to, it's a balancing act between recoil and being able to aim and use it. I think if you just practice up with your left hand enough, you could get uh, you could get decent. I have shot with my left hand. I don't spend a lot of time practicing it, but I do shoot occasionally with my left hand just to try and keep it. And I, I'm not great. I'm not great. But I could, I could, you know do okay. I would be able to defend myself, uh, not to the level that I could with my right hand, but you always got to practice like worst case scenario, right? Just in case my hand is injured or something goes on and I need, you know, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to do it. Uh, so anyway, good question there, Gail. And I hope, uh, I hope you're, uh, I hope you do learn well, and I hope you report back to us after you start your training on that and what that's like. Um, all right. Um, second question. Actually, I have a, uh, I have a phone call here that I want to get to, and then we're going to get to Jeannie's comment, which I think is interesting because I think from a lawful, I might agree with this, even though I don't know well, I'm thinking about it now, but we're going to, we're going to get to that. Let's go to the phones and see what you have to say this morning, because Hey, it's firearms Friday and phone calls reign supreme over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning. This is Rattles up in Pleasant Valley. Hello, Rattles. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I'll tell you, they got this new handgun out, and it's built just for shooting people. And it's legal in all states, and you do not have to get a background check. It's called Berna. You haven't you heard of them? Um, I, I, I have not heard of them. Berna, B-E-R-N-A. No, B-Y, yeah, R-N-A. And, and when you say, and when you say that it's built specifically to shoot people, um, uh, I mean, I have some questions about that. Um, when you, what, what do you, what do you, I mean, any handgun can shoot people, right? I mean, any gun is meant to, def- for defense or for hunting. They're all meant to shoot things. That's the point. Um, oh, Berna is the one that that's a non-lethal gun. That's a, it's a pepper, it's a pepper. It's basically a paintball gun that shoots pepper rounds, right? On that order. Yeah. But uh, how come you, 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 you don't get a background check. I mean, a, a bad, a bad rotten felon that is not allowed to buy a gun can go get one of them, walk into the bank, stun everybody and leave. Well, uh, you, so you want the government involved in every check of everything that could potentially be lethal, including a can of bear spray 
or um, you no, know, I don't. Oh, okay, you don't. So, but but you're saying that's that's essentially what this is. This is a pistol that shoots pellets filled with bear spray, essentially. And you're saying you want it to have a background check. Well, if you got to buy, you know, if you, you have to have a background check to buy any kind of gun, you know, you ought to have one for that too, because that in the wrong hands could be a bad situation, really bad. Well, it, I mean, a, me, a, 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 a can easy of, way of getting your fingers on something that you can cause a lot of trouble with. Well, I mean, come on, Rattles. We could all get in trouble with a lot of things that are legal as long as we want to do bad things with them. I mean, you're essentially, your argument would go to maybe we should ID and check and background check anybody before they get a can of bear spray. Before they get a, a, can, a canister of OC and they because they could walk into any bank and spray people. I mean, what you're asking for is for the government to come in and background check everybody for anything that could potentially be bad. That's like the Department of Pre-Crime. I mean, first of all, why should we have to ask the government for permission to exercise a constitutional right? Well, that's the way they have it. Well, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right. And no, if and if it no, shouldn't, we can't erase it. Well, you can, and we're, they are working on it. And Sarah, I mean, we've. If you told me twenty years ago that thirty-seven states would have constitutional carry, meaning that people can carry concealed in that state without a concealed carry license, simply because they're you know they're exercising their rights. If you told me that twenty years ago, I would have told you that was that would be a heavy lift. And yet here we are today with thirty-plus uh, states in the country authorizing basically constitutional carry. So things can be changed. Things can be reversed, Rattles. And I think calling for one more thing to be regulated by the government because they're regulating something else, I think that's a wrong start, my friend. Well, it might be, but uh, it just doesn't seem quite right that a, a felon can just go get one of them and uh, go go cause a lot of trouble. Well, again, a felon can cause a lot of trouble with a lot of things. Let me ask you a question. If somebody's convicted of a crime and they do the time and they go to jail and they get out and they're turning their life around, shouldn't they have the ability to defend themselves? If they paid Johnny their should. debt to society? Yes. So why would you prohibit them from being able to buy a, a non-lethal you know, stun gun, a taser, a, 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 a this CS gun where it shoots, uh, you know, a, a tear gas or, or pepper spray. Why would you prevent them from getting that? Well, why does the government prevent a 16-year-old kid from buying BB free BB gun? That's, I mean, I'm with you on that. Again, to the, just because the government does it doesn't make it right because they do it for one thing doesn't Absolutely. mean they should I do it for another with you on that. yeah 100 percent. all right rattles well thank you so much i got time for one more call over here good morning who's this where are you calling from bottom michael it's fred how's it going hey fred uh my friend hey i'm only got about 90 seconds so why don't i hold you over and we'll take you on the other side of the hour okay no problem. Okay. okay. That's uh, Fred, our guest from Rhode Island. He's our guest caller. He calls in every week and hangs out with us for a little bit, which we really dig. And I don't want to shortchange him. We are coming up on the uh, we're coming up on the top of the hour break. Yeah, so this Burna pistol, B-Y-R-N-A, is a non-lethal defense pistol that shoots uh, basically pepper spray filled paintball rounds up to 60 feet utilizing CO2. It's a paintball gun. And um, they're, I mean, they're, 
they're big, they're big money. They you cost as much for a uh, for uh, for one of these guns as almost it is for an actual real gun. But I mean, they're doing well. It's non-lethal. It doesn't require a background check. Why should we? Why should we? Um, require background checks on something like this. I mean, why why should that happen? Um, and I uh, I got to be honest with you. Just because something else is just because something else is happening, uh, like they're they're background checking these other things and doing doesn't mean we should be jumping into this and doing it for other things that could potential. I mean, I could take a machete and bear spray and try and hold a place up. Does that mean that I should get a background check if I'm going down to Century Hardware? Um, sponsors of Firearms Friday, by the way, in Fairbanks. Going down to Century Hardware and picking up an axe and some bear spray, does that mean I should get a background check on that? I mean, I don't think so. But, you know, that's just me. All right, uh, Fred's on the line. We're going to talk to him on the other side. We're also going to go over this red flag law from Loki Tobin and Willie Waffle. It's all up next, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. So, um... Yeah, I don't know what to say about that with Rattles, other than, again, I don't know if he was gaslighting me or if he really believes that. But, man, it, um, I don't know. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta know, you know, why would you advocate for, well, that should be background check too. No. No, we should be redu- we should not hold up the gun the gun laws that we have now as an example of why we should do it with other things. None of that stuff is working. Yeah. I mean, flare guns, wasp spray, Taco Bell food, they can all be weaponized. They can all be weaponized. <laughs> Just take a ride with me after I've had two tacos and a burrito. Mhm. Weapon of mass destruction outlawed by the Geneva Convention. I mean, this this just it's just it's it's insane. Um, yeah, Hot Sun and, and other uh, companies make air rifles that are unregulated, fifty caliber air rifles. Yeah, this is it's it's again. I do not understand. Um, I do not understand why you would want to advocate for something like that because bad people might do bad things. Yes. Bad people, I mean, no, no, let me just say they might, let me just, let me clarify that for you. It's not that bad people might do bad things. Bad people will do bad things. Why should you disarm or prevent the regular law-abiding populace from being able to defend themselves from those things? Right? (laughs) That's right. Taco Bell is not a weapon of mass destruction. It's a weapon of ass destruction. It is. Why is it that we love Taco Bell? I mean, maybe somebody here doesn't love Taco Bell, but man, I, it's, I know it's a guilty pleasure. Every now and then I got to go in and get me just a one crunchy taco just to, oh, so good when it's hot and fresh and crunchy. Something so good about it. (laughs) Taco Bell has collateral damage. 
Taco Bell has cholesterol damage. They have it all. They've got whatever you want. Uh, all right. Fred, good morning. What's happening out east, people are asking. It's Fred behind enemy lines. Yay, Fred, good morning. Um, I got Fred's, uh, I got Fred's uh, address, by the way. Fred, he was kind enough to send it to me. So those of you who are in the Common Sense Corps, we are in the process of collecting up a bunch of Alaskana gear and stuff for him and uh, we're going to send it out to uh, uh we're going to send it out to him. Fred's got to tell me what size t-shirt he wears. I don't know if Fred wears t-shirts or not, but I was going to Fred, what size shirt what size shirts do you wear? I've been part of large. Yeah, more than likely a large to a uh, yeah, between large and extra large is fine. Okay, we'll get an extra large to make sure you're comfortable. Um and we're going to I'm going to send you a I'm going to send you a uh, the, the t-shirt that has got the, uh, has, that has got the, um, I've just told today, my words, man, my words today, I just can't get it. The one that says, uh, uh, the only bad thing about government is everything is fine. Trust your government. Uh, that's the, 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 the one that I'm going to send you. that has got the show. <laughs> so it will, it will be fine. It's the one that's the censorship. There we go. Censorship. Oh man. Whew. More coffee is required today, Fred. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into this with you here in just a couple minutes, and we'll get things ready. But we're we're trying to put together an Alaska care package for Fred so that he can feel included in everything that's up. I've already heard about, I've already heard about jalapeno salmon, and somebody wanted to try and send you some elk to figure out how to get it down there, still frozen. And so we're working on it. We're working on it all right now, Fred. But we'll we'll get it to you here. We'll get you here something shortly. Okay. Thank you, Mike. I really right. appreciate it. Thank you. All right, hold the line for a second. We're going to get back to. I mean, why not? He is the farthest caller. He is the he is a consistent caller. We have had callers that have been farther. We've had people call us from Australia, um, Chris Young and some other folks um, who uh, we've had on the program and and stuff who are uh, fans down in Australia. Chris Howard, not Chris Young. Chris Howard, and uh, so yeah, but but Fred consistently calls in. All the time. It's the voices, MD. Words. Yeah, sometimes I've got all the voices in my head and I get so confused trying to ignore some of them and listen to other ones that I forget. Uh, I forget. Magnesium theranate will sharpen my brain. Yeah, well, I need something. Sharpen it with a stick or something. Um, Jack says, bad people are bad people. You can't stop them. Make all the laws you want. It's not going to stop them. Well, you can stop them. But you have to have the ability to do so, right? I mean, you have to have the ability to do so. And again, just going back to the example that we used previously with the number of actual homicides in this country that are caused by firearms versus the number of of the actual population number of the country. Again, each individual death is a tragedy. I don't want to minimize that. But when you're talking about like 12,000 homicides, in the country over the course of a year out of a country of 325, 330 million people. I mean, you're talking about 0.00006% of the population. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pass a law that affects 99.99994% for that little tiny thing. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I have a really good book in my shop about life in the wilderness. Can't remember the author's name on the top, but I could bring a copy down with me today and you could add it to the box you're sending. Okay, great. That'd be great. Uh, Let me know. 
let me know. All right, uh, 30 seconds out. Time to get time to get to it. Fred's on the line, ready to make all this happen. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let's do it. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Where's my rifle? Where's my gun? This is for the Firearms Friday. T-G-I-F-F-F. Thank goodness it's finally Firearms Friday. That's right. It's the one day a week where we can hang out and talk about one of our favorite subjects, which is the Second Amendment, gun rights, the gun culture, gun movies, gun stories, gun books, CDs on tape. Uh, I don't know, whatever it is that we want to talk about related to firearms and the Second Amendment, that's what we do. We also answer questions with what we like to call gun Q&A all day, where the official statement is there is no such thing as a dumb gun question. Nope. No, we will answer the question no matter how many times we've answered it before. Or we'll just talk with you about general firearm stuff. Coming on the program today is our guest caller from out in Rhode Island. He reaches out to us every week. Uh, he listens to the show every Friday. And we welcome him back. It's Fred from Rhode Island. Hello, my friend. What is on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Michael. You know, this whole thing, you know, one of the previous, you mentioned earlier, one of the previous comments from one of the your listeners, you know, mentioned about the, you know, the whole issue with, you know, violence and, you know, guns and basically a lack of, a lack of, you know, a lack of excess crime with a lack of, you know, punishment, you know, for the criminal act. Right. And that kind of stems to a lot of things going on, especially you know, in, in around the world and in my in my own neighborhood. We just had a recent uh, recent situation over in you know the bordering state of Massachusetts. One of the high schools situation in one of the high schools there is the the student body, not in the entire student body, but a, a large majority of the people there, troublemakers in the in the school. They're causing so much trouble. That the actual, the, the, the I guess the state and the, the uh, school department in this particular city in Massachusetts 
is considering bringing in the National Guard to monitor the halls of the school because they have so many fights, so many open drug issues in the, in the halls during the, during the school hours, and just other problems in general, people being assaulted, people, you know, fights breaking out, teachers being threatened. It's really out of control. And you look at it from a societal standpoint, it's the lack of punishment, it's the lack of social control, not necessarily like the social control that's going on with the Biden administration and all the uh, all the wokes who want to take over the world, not that kind of control, but control of the criminal element, you know, being able to put the, make, them, make, the, make them pay for the crime that they commit. In other words, I don't know if you remember, I'm going to date myself, a show called Beretta with uh, <laughs> Robert Blake. Right. If you can't do the crime... If you can't do the time, don't do the crime, which right. is his model. And he's absolutely right. It was absolutely Wait, spot on there. Yeah, what you're and, talking the about, Fred. The judicial system is such a joke. It's broken down to the point where it's so ineffective that, you know, anything you want to do, any time you want to do to anyone you want to do, for any reason you want to do it, with no consequences. Yeah, you're, That is the problem. Look, that, you're, you're Not t- the gun. Yeah. The gun is just an excuse. It's a low-hanging fruit to the solution to the non-problem. But, you know, sitting there, but, and, and the judges, you sit there and you look at this, 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 what's going on with the Trump situation with this New York uh, Supreme Court justice who ruled on him with the $350 million fine and all the, all the back interest and everything else. This guy is a political hack. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. But you like Trump or you hate him, it's not the point. The point is, on principle, that, you know, the judge has total free reign to do whatever he with no consequences, and that's a big problem with the judicial right. system that I see. Well, there I mean, is look, no consequences for the judges. Your, yeah, Fred, and they can do anything they want, and you know, especially if they're politically motivated, which most of them are, because they're all most of them are political right. appointees anyway. Well, Fred, what so you're you talking about? You, you can see, you know, you, what you're talking about. The rotten to the core. Yeah, what you're talking as to why things are going to hell in a handbasket with the judicial system. All right, hold on, hold on. What you're talking about is accountability, basic responsibility. Now, let's go back to what you're talking about, what's going on in the Massachusetts school. What you're talking about is not holding people accountable. I mean, if there are drug interactions and fights going on in the school, at some point you have to arrest the kids. You have to throw them out of school. You have to suspend them. Nobody wants anybody to have to pay for their for their behavior. That's part of the problem is not holding people accountable for their behavior. And we've seen that. That's the victimhood of, oh, well, it wasn't Johnny. Johnny was a perfect angel. It was just the circumstances and the environment that he was raised. And it's the fact that he's disadvantaged. And Johnny's actually the victim here kind of thing. So that's part of the problem there. You don't need to bring in the National Guard. You need to eject these people from the schools and arrest them if they're doing illegal things, whether they're minors or not, under the age of 18 or not. And the thing with the with the Trump trial, look, I'm no fan of Trump. I've made no secret about that. He's not, you know, he's not my guy. I, 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 there's there's a lot of problems there. But this court case that you just mentioned specifically, where they forced him, they basically said he's going to have to pay $343 million. Even the lending institutions, this whole thing was about him misrepresenting the size of his his wealth and his real estate holdings and inflating the values and everything else. Even the companies that he got the money from that the courts were saying were wronged by this and misled have said they wouldn't have valued it any other way anyway. Even if they they wouldn't they there was show me the I guess show me the victim in this crime. Even the people who purportedly were the ones that were damaged by this said, 
we really wouldn't have valued this any other way. And yet they went ahead with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I could say for sure, even though I dislike uh, Donald Trump for a lot of reasons, I could say that that is kind of a political witch hunt going on there. And when we've weaponized the legal system like this in many ways uh, and politicized these things, it's not doing anyone any good. And it makes all of us more afraid of what the government can do to us. Absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. Well, so, like, like, like the, the point I just mentioned was there is no accountability for the judicial system and the judges. There is no accountability. They should be a higher authority above the judges. I can say, wait a minute. Whoa. Hey, you know, you're kind of like you're outstepping your bounds here. And we're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to really in and have a have a have a hard look at what you're doing here. And if we don't like it, you know, you're not going to be a judge much longer. But there's no accountability. There is no accountability. And the same thing with the school departments, with the, with the high school over here in Massachusetts. You know, these people don't want to get involved. They don't want to make the decision. They don't want to throw anybody out because it's going to ruffle somebody's feathers. Uh-huh. Well, too bad. You know, I mean, that, you know, actions have consequences. Well, what's, what's it going to take? What's it going to take? Somebody, somebody, somebody dying? What's it going to take? Somebody dying in the hallway or becoming permanently injured uh, in a fight or, you know, drugs, you know, overdosing or something from drugs they bought in the hallway? They don't want to ruffle any feathers. What's it going to take? I mean, if they, they know, they obviously know who the bad actors are or have a good idea. Why aren't, you know, why aren't they taking action on this? Again, it's because, well, Johnny's a victim. Johnny's a victim of circumstance. Johnny's a victim of the society. Johnny's a victim of, no, Johnny is a thug. And you probably should kick Johnny to the curb before he really hurts somebody. Absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely right. But like I said, it's everybody, it's, 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 Bury the heads in the sand, and nobody put the blinders on. Nobody wants to take any action. Nobody wants to do anything that will offend, you know, offend anybody else, and/or go against the narrative of, you know, and nobody's guilty. Everything's everything's acceptable, and nobody's guilty, <laughs> which is crazy. Which is, right, you know, right. Sounds like New York City on a Saturday night. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Also, if you don't hold people accountable for their actions, their actions will become more and more outrageous. Right. So this is a self-reinforcing well, feed, exactly feedback what's loop. Happening. Yeah, I mean this is exactly what's happening. They won't hold them accountable. They won't hold them to. They won't take them to task, and so the behavior becomes more and more outrageous until something that was completely avoidable happens. You knew that this was escalating, but because you wouldn't put the boundaries in and you wouldn't hold people accountable, they're just they're just going to keep going until something really bad does happen. And then everybody will be shocked. Shocked, well, I tell you. Well, until I come up with some serious sentencing, and I mean some real down-to-earth sentencing for a lot of these crimes, like what happened in Kansas City. They take these four people, the two juveniles and the two adults, and throw the book at them. I mean, it's going to be a long time before you know, you're, you're going to see the light of day outside of a cell. I think that eventually people are going to sit up and take notice and say, you know what? Party's over. You know, we're not going to get able to get away with that half of this stuff again, ever again, because the judges are really going to, you know, they're going to throw it. They're going to, the courts are going to throw the book at you. Till that happens, nothing's going to change. If anything, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, if it ever does get better. And I hope, right. I certainly hope it right. does. But you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. But you know, until until that happens, don't expect any changes right away. All right, Fred. Final thoughts for you for this Firearms Friday. Anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? 
no, that's, that's basically it. The only thing, the only thing I'd, I'd add to it, you know, as far as like uh, a lot of these issues with the school shootings, you know, a lot of these kids knew what was going on at the time. When you look back on it, and you sit there and you say, if someone had said something, as, you know, a couple of people had said something prior to this happening, because they know, they know what's going on. But, you know, it's the old thing, you don't want to snitch on anybody. But then again, when it boils down to, you know, life limb and, you know, life limb and health and all that, you know, there are no, there are no restrictions. You, you got to do whatever you have to do to prevent it from happening. And if someone had said something earlier, a lot of these kids would never get away with, you know, doing what they wind up doing. Right. So well, I, I, the way I look at it, if they they don't say anything, they're just as guilty as the shooter, as far as I'm concerned. Well, but they're even even, the, even when that happens, though, Fred, like for example, in Parkland, even when the even when the guy who did that, he's a, he was a known quantity. He had a, a dozen interactions with the FBI. He had over tw- I think twenty interactions with local law enforcement. They knew that this guy was a bad actor, and yet they still failed to act. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a tough, you're right. People can mention it and say it all the time, but if they're afraid to even break up fights and drug dealings in the hallway of a school, you know, what, what is good? What are they afraid to ruffle feathers of somebody who may be uh, on the verge of a, of an active shooting? I mean, it's, you know, people have got to be held accountable. That's the bottom line here is there has to be accountability for actions. we got to quit coddling people and saying it's not your fault. You're a victim on this. No, if you're doing bad things, you are the thug in this situation. So it, it's a tough thing. All right, Fred. Absolutely. Leave the Second Amendment alone. Leave the, leave the, the honest gun owner alone. Leave the NRA alone. Leave it all alone and just go after the problem. The problem isn't the tool. The problem is the person holding the tool. Yeah, That's the absolutely. Problem. Absolutely. Deal with that. Fred, as always, my friend, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for calling into the program. Michael, you have a good week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take all care. Right. Thanks again for everything. You bet. That's our friend Fred from Rhode Island. We appreciate him coming on board and sharing with us today. Oof, man, that takes us right Takes us right up to the next break, doesn't it? Yes, it yes it does. All right, so we gotta go. We gotta we gotta we gotta flee. We're gonna be back here in a moment, and uh, we will return. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We return with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Break time. Let's see. Um... Richard makes a valid point. He says all that court case, the Trump case is what he's talking about, with a victimless made-up crime did was send a message to any investor that New York is the last place they want to invest. Good job, New York. You got what you voted for. Uh, I mean, this is the same thing is happening in California. That's the that's the that's the thing. It, it, you know, same things going on in California down there. Uh, Jeannie says they only sensationalize the semi-auto shooters unless they are a marginalized person. 
then they don't sensualize sense uh, uh, then they don't sensationalize it at all. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you 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 note how quickly some of these stories went away. Uh, the black uh, Walmart shooter uh, there, uh, you know, who was essentially racist. He had screeds about white people and white supremacy, and he went up and shot. You know, but that story disappeared. You know, all these other stories just disappear. Uh, unless they can find a way to spin it a certain way, and then then it doesn't disappear. It's it's yeah, the victimhood of all these people is large and in charge, and you wonder why they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, all right, uh, what else? Does anyone else think there's a correlation between the level of school and mass shootings and whichever party is in D.C.? I don't think that there's a correlation. Uh, we've seen shootings under both administrations. Uh, we've seen one of the worst mass shootings in history took place under the Trump administration. Uh, and then he showed his true colors by saying, uh, we'll just take the guns later. We'll just take the guns and worry about due process later. Uh, ask calling for some kind of universal red flag, whatever, and then banning bump stocks through executive order, which led the way for Biden then to try and do some of the same type of things. No friend to the Second Amendment is DJT. Uh, I mean, again, this is one of the reasons why I dislike him. As a candidate, um, if you're asking me, is he better than Biden? Well, yeah, but there's but by how many degrees, you know, it's it's like I often said, people say, well, what you, who you why wouldn't you vote? You know, if you don't vote for I'm like, look, you're asking me would I like a poop sandwich or a diarrhea milkshake. I, I don't want either. Right. That's why I usually vote third party, because I, I just can't. I just can't. I can't pull the trigger for the lesser of two evils because newsflash, they're both evil. If you say the lesser of two evils, you have acknowledged that they are both evil. And, you know, while one may be better than the other, oof, man, damn, don't make me, don't make me compromise my principles in that way. Anyway, uh, I mean, I just keep pointing out that and I know a lot of you are huge, huge Trump supporters, and I've got no problem with that. You you do you, boo. You figure out who you want to vote for. I, for one, will not be I will not be forced into that square corner of uh, or that round corner of having to vote for the lesser of two evils. I mean, I will abstain before I do that. There's just no way. I'm just not going to do it. Um, especially, again, that's why I keep bringing up the, the... Once you get past the hype and you look at what's going on and you see what's... Um, and you see what's going on. And you see, for example, in the gun rights issue. Um, I mean, Trump was calling for gun control before he ran for president. And then when the chips were down and things got tough... He immediately called for the, you know, he immediately called for the, the to taking of the guns and worrying about due process later. Right. I mean, he, he and then he then he did the bump stock ban and then he threatened to do other things. And yet people are still cheering for him in the streets like he's the big champion of the Second Amendment. He's not. It's a convenience for him. On that issue alone, I wouldn't vote for him just on that issue alone. Brian says, I'll write myself in first. Yep, 
before you force me to to, to the lesser of two evils? No. Sorry. Still evil. That's the point. All right, let's get into this uh, red flag law. This is going to take some a few minutes here, and i got to get to it uh, right now. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yes, yes, yes. Assault radio. Uh, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at here. Uh, we're down to the final segment here. Willie Waffle's going to be joining us in a few minutes for the weekend movie review. Uh, but I did want to take a minute to go over this new bill hitting the Alaska legislature. It is currently sitting, where is it sitting? Uh, it's currently sitting in, oh, for the love of God, give me the thing here. It's currently sitting in state affairs. Senate State Affairs. Um, It was referred from the judiciary to state affairs, and there it sits. Uh, It did get a co-sponsor. It initially was uh, sponsored and put together by Senator Loki Tobin. Now L.V. Gray Jackson is uh, signed on to it as well. Um, The short title is The Gun Violence Protective Orders. Um, the title in full is mind numbing, but I will read it to you one more time. An act relating to gun violence, protective orders relating to the crime of violating a protective order relating to a central registry for protective orders relating to the powers of district judges and magistrates amending rules four and 65 Alaska rules of civil procedure and rule nine Alaska rules of administration and providing for an effective date. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know, right? I mean, it tells you everything that you need to know. Um, the, the, uh, um, there is, uh, is there a fiscal note on this? There is no fiscal note on it. Uh, there are no amendments. There are no nothing else. It basically was referred. Let me get to the actual verbiage of the law. So <clears throat> here's what's interesting. Amending Rule 4 and Rule 65 of Alaska Civil Rules Procedure. Um, So it starts off uh, with some of the language that it currently has in state law, uh, saying that uh, Section 1 is amended to read that a person who commits the crime of violating a protective order, if the person is subject to a protective order, issued, filed, or recognized, and containing a provision listed in the statutes, and knowingly commits or attempts to commit an act with reckless disregard, that the act violates or would violate a provision of the uh, of the protective order. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on. Or knowingly commits or attempts to commit an act with reckless disregard that the act violates or would violate a provision of the protective order. The person knowingly commits or attempts to commit an act that violates or would violate a provision listed in is amended to read that this section protective order means an order issued or filled under certain, all these different statutes. There's five, six, seven different statutes there. Um, Section three is amended to read, except as provided 
in B or C of this section, a peace officer with or without a warrant shall arrest a person if the officer has probable cause to believe the person has either in or outside the presence of the officer within the previous 12 hours committed domestic violence. Okay. He just has a reason. He has, he has probable cause to believe with or without a warrant. Okay. I don't think that's really changing anything per se, but again, whether the crime is a felony or misdemeanor committed the crime or violating the protection order in violation of a statute, uh, yada, yada, yada. The Department of Public Safety shall maintain a central registry of protective orders issued by or filed with a court of this state under a whole bunch of different statutes. The registry must include for each protective order the names of the petitioner and respondent, their dates of birth, the condition and duration of the order, and the registry shall retain a record of the protective order after it has expired. Um, which that part I do have a problem with because if the order has expired, then there should not, it should not be in the central register anymore. Once it's expired, that's it. Why would you, why would you, why would you needlessly cause people harm? Because, you know, protective orders are important, but we also know that protective orders can be weaponized, especially in a, a messy divorce or a child custody battle. We've seen this happen. This is not, unusual for these protective orders to be used in that way. Now, what if you, let's just say, for example, you're having a messy divorce and uh, your spouse has filed a protective order against you. Now your name shows up in the database. So anytime you have any interaction with law enforcement, whether it is a, a simple traffic stop or whatever, now your name is on this registry and you're flagged. But if it is expired, your name is still in the registry. That that worries me. That 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 part worries me at all. Because if again, if it's <clears throat> you know, do the do do the crime, do the time, pay your debt to society, et cetera. This is not an actual criminal act. This is just a protective order. But again, it raises a lot of attention to you and could flag you specifically for something that was either you were falsely accused of or was just used as some kind of leverage in a in a domestic situation and now how it never it, it's on the thing is it after it says it shall retain the record after it expired essentially in perpetuity so 10 years ago you had a protective order you're on the list that's a problem then we get to section 5 uh, and I apologize that this sounds a little messy because this thing is messy. I mean, you got to have I, I have not taken the statute book out yet to read all this because in every line it references five to, to eight statutes that it's being changed. We get to Section 5, AS 1865-540 uh, is amended to read a peace officer receiving a protective order from a court a modified order issued under these statutes or an order dismissing a protective order shall take reasonable steps to ensure that the order modified order or dismissal is entered into the central registry within 24 hours after being received. So they're going to mark it as modified or dismissed, but you're still in there. Again, I have a real, real problem with that. Then we get to the meat of it. Gun violence protective orders. They're adding a new section to Article 11, 
A peace officer or a household member who reasonably believes that a person is a danger to self or others by possessing, owning, purchasing, or receiving a firearm may file a petition in the district or superior court for a protective order against the person. The petition must include a description of the number, types, and locations of any firearms or ammunition the petitioner believes are owned or possessed by the respondent and the basis for the petition. When a peace officer or household member files a petition for the protective order, the court shall schedule a hearing and provide at least 10 days notice to the respondent of the hearing and of the respondent's right to be uh, to appear and be heard either in person or through the attorney. If the court finds by clear and convincing evidence that the respondent is a danger to himself or others by possessing, owning, purchasing, or receiving a firearm, regardless of whether the respondent appears at the hearing, the court may order the relief available under this section and the provision of this protective order issued under the section are effective for six months unless earlier dissolved by the court. And so this is the meat of this red flag law. Now, there are already um, there are all already ways to uh, involuntary commitment and other things. If people are a danger to themselves or others, there are already a way to do this. I do appreciate the fact that they do give a 10 days notice for a hearing so they don't just show up to take your stuff and then you're left dangling in the wind. Unless, of course, there's clear and convincing evidence that you're a danger to yourself or others like right now. Um, the protective order issued shall prohibit the respondent from possessing, owning, purchasing, receiving, or attempted to purchase or receive firearms and ammunition. Um, and goes on to talk about... Uh, um, ex parte and gun violence protective orders. This is emergency gun violence. This is like the emergency one. Um, and it's even worse than the original component of this. Um, and then it goes on to the modification. A petitioner or respondent may request modification of the protective order. Um, the court shall schedule a hearing within 20 days after the date the request is made, except that if the court finds a request in is, is meritless on its face, but it shall. So within 20 days, you should have a reasonable, you should have a hearing if you filed something like this. And then the court shall order the respondent to surrender all to all appropriate law enforcement agencies or sell the, to a firearms dealer, all firearms and ammunition that the respondents possess within 24 hours of receiving the protective order. So you can't even give it to your parents, your fr your best friends, your relatives. You can't, you have to sell them to an FFL or give them to law enforcement. This is, this is a problem. And maybe what I need to do is bring on somebody who's a little bit more of a legal expert on this to discuss this, because this is a problem. Uh, and I'm only halfway through this thing. This is a this is a this is a big deal. We're going to continue on with this later on. Uh, Willie Waffles up next. We got to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Back with more right after this. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yeah, this thing, it really worries me, <clears throat> especially when you get into the ex parte and emergency gun violence protective orders. Um, 
Yeah. The, it, it, it's, 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 it's troubling, especially under Section B. A peace officer may request an emer- emergency gun violence protective order from a judicial officer. The officer can make the request orally, either in person or by telephone, or by submitting a sworn statement. If the court finds a preponderance of evidence that the respondent poses an immediate danger, then the ex parte order shall blah, 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 blah. And then they, it it only, this is a 72 hour order, basically. Um, And then the order has to be put in written form down the road. But this whole thing is, is very troubling to me, um, simply because there are already laws and orders in place to deal with a lot of this stuff. And it seems like we're trying to hunt for a solution to a problem that I don't think we necessarily have right now in the state based on the laws that we currently have. That's just, that's me saying it. Let me change my stuff around here. Be ready for Willie here in just a hot second. Uh, But what do you think? Let me go over to the chat room and see. I posted this link up in the chat room earlier. I'll post it again in case you missed it and didn't get a chance to start. uh, There you go. Put it in there. Um, But yeah. Um, it, it's, it's very troubling. Uh, take gun out of the title. It's salacious. What did I, what, which title are we talking about? Uh, oh, an act relating to gun violence, protective orders. Yeah. I mean, it is, but I mean, that's what they're calling it. Gun violence, protective orders. It's, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, how would you justify action? How would you justify action after expiration? Well, I mean, I don't know how they would, you know, I don't know how they would justify actions after expiration. But you know that if the officer is just scrolling through there and you're already flagged because you had a protective order that expired last year, he may take a second look at you. He may start asking you about things that he wouldn't have asked you about otherwise. I mean, I think it's it's troubling for sure. And yes, protective orders are subject to abuse. We do know that this is not, this is known. I mean, right. Especially in messy domestic situations. Um, Jeannie says, I'm a vote for expungement. Right. I mean, once it's done, it should be removed from the database. There's no reason you will be causing problems. Greg says, I see causing some, this causing some serious problems. I agree. Why leave them in a registry once they have expired or been rescinded. Why would you do that? Um, <clears throat> if it's expired or dismissed, there's zero reason for that information to be there. That's similar to someone being acquitted of rape. They're shown to be innocent, but that information has already stained them going forward. I mean, that's exactly. Um, uh, Land of Bad is a military movie with Chris Hemsworth and Russell Crowe. Okay, I'll have to go by and watch that. Um, it's in solution. It's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah. Uh, she would have to repeal existing laws. And this is, I think this is modifying those laws. Um, but yeah, this whole thing, it, it, again, the whole thing is, is just, it's super problematic. And we're seeing this being attempted in many other states. You know, we had the yellow flag law out there in Maine that, there were so many red flags on this guy, so many problems on this guy, and yet that nobody did anything. 
you're telling me that one more law is going to fix this, which I find redonkulous. It's not, it's not going to fix Jack. But she's also playing to the base. Now, I don't know where this is going. I don't know if Rob, uh, Rob uh, Myers is still in. He was watching us on YouTube this morning. He commented earlier. Rob, I don't know if you're still there. Is this thing just sitting in, in um, what is it, State Affairs? What did I say? Uh, where did I say it was? It's in State Affairs. Is it just sitting there? Is it going to come out? Is this why? I thought they weren't doing any socially awkward or they weren't doing any controversial isn't that the, what they promised, right? No controversial bills? Um, maybe, maybe not. We'll, we'll have to get an update on this bill um, from somebody. Maybe we'll see if Rob uh, or Shelly, because Shelly's probably plugged into this as well with her, uh, with her bill about uh, arming people in, uh, in schools who want to be armed, getting them trained and, and allowing them to be armed. So she may be up on this as well. No hearing scheduled yet, says Rob Myers, on this bill. So maybe it'll just quietly percolate in there for a while and hopefully die a quiet death in the corner. We can only hope at this point. All right, my phone's buzzing. That means it's time for Willie Waffle. Okay. Now, I, I probably should have covered that one earlier because it's angering me, and but that's fine. I, now I can relax with some movie stuff. Let's get to it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. Willie's on hold. We're ready to go. Let's do this thing. Okay. Um, let's uh, let's movie, shall we? Let's movie. Uh, Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com is our guest. Uh, although I don't think he's updated his website in a while. Man, you got, I mean, come on, snap, snap, chop, chop, wiki, wiki. I mean, don't you care about us anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but but I give everything I have right here. That's true. That's this true. This is where you get you, the full I waffle. Know. Forget about the, forget about the stupid website. Just, just listen here. He'll, gi- he'll give it all to you. That's right. He'll give it all to you. <laughs> Uh, all right, my friends. Well, we got some uh, stuff. First things first. Let me just say this: when are you okay. co- when are you coming up to Alaska? Because I'm going to treat you like this. a king. I'm going to treat you like a king when you get here. We're going to do all the fun things that you want to do, whether it's fishing or you want to go on a nature tour, or you want to do a Denali, or you want to ride the train. We're going to treat Willie to some stuff. Uh, and then maybe I we'll talk Willie do into this. doing a big movie thing with the, all the Common Sense Core listeners where we can all go watch a movie together uh, and just enjoy ourselves. Well, I mean, when are you going to do that? That's what we want to know. This is now my goal. We are going to figure something out. Because I, and I've told you this. I've told you this. I'm not lying. Yeah. I'm not just saying this publicly to, yeah. to, to win praise or anything like that. I, I've, I've told Mike before. I really do want to go to Alaska. I, yeah. I want to go on one of those 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 cruises that where you go through uh, through nature and you see all the polar bears and stuff oh, like yeah. that. That to me would be awesome. Like well, that's what I want to do. The cruises to see polar bears are we we don't. That's not really a thing. But I know what you're talking okay, about. But but they, they I, see. I mean, I know I would exactly. See moose, right? Yeah. Oh, you could see yeah. puffins. You could see moose. You could see dolphins. Okay. You could see 
all kinds of stuff. We'll find something for you to do. You will have a good time. Oh, That's right. So we got, and then we'll have like a big movie with the Common Sense Core listeners. We can all go to the movies together and hang out, and then enjoy. It'll be oh a, my, it'd be a fun afternoon or something. Well, we're going to plan it. Let's, this is becoming legendary. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make sure we do it on the shoulder season, though. We don't try and do it in the dead of summer because, good lord, trying to get you up here in the middle of that would be a hot mess. But, that would be bad. Okay. Yeah. No, but we could do fall or or spring or something. Let's. I, Fall. I want fall. I want snow. Oh, I want, you want, I want snow? nature. <laughs> you want well, you can't have cruises and snow. We'll figure it out. You and I will figure it we'll out. We'll figure something out. All It'll right. be awesome. Well, let's uh, not take up too much of your time. Let's get into the news. There's all kinds of news going on. Give me the deal. What's happening? All right. So this is kind of an interesting story. Okay. So the the Westwood Village Theater in Los Angeles is a 93-year-old theater. And like a lot of 93-year-old theaters, you know, it, it's beautiful and big and ornate. And when you operate a theater as just one screen, it's hard to stay in business. Oh, yeah. And so the theater the theater was going up for sale. And while a few people have stepped in to save it, hello to your new owners, Jason Reitman, Steven Spielberg, oh. Bradley Cooper, Christopher Nolan. Seth Rogen and like 30 other people, like other directors and, and actors. They just pulled they their have money. They purchased huh? this theater. They just... Yep. They are going to make it happen. They're going to keep it open. And and the, what they're going to do is, is they're going to try to make like special events down there. All these guys, you know, they already, a lot of them already do do, do uh, movie premieres down there, but I have a feeling you'll probably see some more. Uh, they're going to have some tchotchkes from their movies and from their history down there. So people can come down and take a look and it's just going to be kind of cool. Yeah. And this is one of those, I mean, 98 years old. So this is like one of the art deco kind of, I mean, this is like a classic. Beautiful and ornate. Yeah. Classic yeah. single screen theater. Um, yeah. And I, so they're making a run for it. I might go check. I might go check it out. Be interesting to see what they play on there. Uh, it'd be interesting if they just basically had old reruns of all their best movies just on like a cycle, except for when they're doing a special event or something. That would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That would be very cool, and and this could be done. I mean, when when I was when I was living in DC, I, that you know, yes, they would get some first run movies and they'd get some art house movies, but they did special things like you know, Februarys and Sunday would be silent movie month, and 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 you know, Sunday mornings at ten, you'd come and see some classic silent movie every Sunday for a month, or you know, uh, you know, they they would do like a Marilyn Monroe thing where they they play Marilyn Monroe movies for a week. I mean, you know, really cool things that you know you can't experience in the theaters anymore, right? Because you know, th those are not the modern movies, yeah. and it was fun and it was exciting, and and I I think you know if if you get it run well and you get the support from the community this can be something really special for that neighborhood i love it i love it i think that is fantastic yeah. all right well good um and, and no word on when they're going to start dishing that out or doing things on it they just bought it it's just the deals ink's just dry something like yeah. that ink's just dry there, there's going to have to be some renovations and cleaning up and all those fun things that happen but uh they're uh I'm sure there'll be a big announcement. I bet there'll be a big news story about it. I'm sure I'm sure there will. Broke it right here on the Michael Duke Show. We just broke the story. Uh, Sam Menendez has signed up for a hard day's night and more. Uh, he's going to need help. Oh he's going to need help. Um, and <laughs> as he drives his yellow submarine, I'm going to try and figure out. So Sam Menendez, give me the deal. That's right. He's day tripping is what he's doing. That's right. Day tripping, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> Sam Mendez, you're a great director. He has signed up with Sony Pictures 
to do four, count them, four movies about the Beatles. Yes, one movie for each Beatle, covering their career and their time together from each Beatles perspective. So there'll be a George movie and a Ringo movie and a Paul movie and a John movie telling their side of the story of Beatlemania from the time they got together until they finally broke up. And uh, so it's going to take a lot of time. Uh, right now, the the, uh, the the schedule is to have these movies come out and be released in theaters in 2027. Are they doing them all at once? And, or are they doing them one at a time or what? Well, they're going to they're going to probably have to film them all at once, but they're going to have to do, you know, they're going to have to do, I would think, alternate scenes. Like, here's the scene from the John movie. Here's the scene from the Ringo movie. Here's your lines for the George movie right, right. versus the lines that we'll hear you say in the Paul movie. So I think that's going to be a complicated uh, thing to do. Uh, they're going to have to release them on some sort of schedule. I mean, I can't imagine that they would put all four in theaters at the same time. I think they're going to probably try to space them out maybe release each one on a special day interesting um, that makes sense for that beetle yeah uh you know uh, but i i just you know that's a big haul man i mean man by the time you get to the ringo movie have you really seen it all yeah exactly i, mean, I think that's gonna be the well, challenge i think it's they gonna, well, i, I I think yeah. they I think they have to do Paul and Ringo first just to make sure that because they're still alive, right? So that they have to yeah, and, and, they, and they're they're participating, and and they they they've granted their life story. They said, "Go ahead, go for it." Uh, you know, Lennon's family and and Harrison's family have done the same. Uh, so you know, they're they're going to have access to some of the archives from Apple Corps, you know, and and some of the the film that they have there and, and stories and documents that they have there to help flesh out the story. So you know, it's it's going to be. So somewhat endorsed if you will right uh you know i just you know i i you know first of all three years from now is a long time yeah oh and yeah and oh, i yeah. you know and and i'm 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 with you i you know like i don't know if i want to see all four movies like that's a really big ask yeah you know oh, it's, I, it's like yeah, you know nah, i mean yes it is but at the same time i could see i mean true beatles i could you know i could take it or leave it personally but i could see that true beatles fans would be like Oh, yeah. I mean, and I know people like that who just love the Beatles. Their parents were Beatles yeah. fans. They picked it up from them, you know, yada, yada, yada. I could see that being a whole – I could see that being a whole thing uh, where people just go and, you know, and do that thing. But I'm going to throw this out there, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a Beatles fan. I'm not, like, hardcore, but I'm, I'm a fan. What else could they tell us that we don't already know? <laughs> You'll have to I wait mean, and see. Like every story is out there, man. Everybody's <laughs> perspective is out there. It's all been told multiple times. You're gonna have to wait and see, my friend. You're gonna have to wait and oh. see. All right. Well, I mean, that's you know that'll be good. All right. So 2027 is the release date on that. They got a good guy behind the helm, so let's hope that it all yeah. works out. But we'll we'll see where it goes. All right. Um, Aquaman, um, which. Uh, well, uh, give me the Aquaman too. It's uh, it was in the theaters and now it's coming to the streams. Yeah, you know Aquaman two sunk and uh, didn't, didn't do as well in the theaters as the first one. And well, now it's time to catch it on streaming. So starting February twenty seventh, why a mere week from today? Well, and you know, you know, a day and a week from today. Well, you know, you do the math. It's third next. Right? Thursday. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> or not next Thursday. It's gonna be even sooner than that. Wednesday, twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever day the twenty seventh is, that's what it's gonna be on Mac. Well. So 
Yes, it will be there. You can watch it at home. You can freeze frame on Amber Heard and throw things at the screen if you want. You know, hey, you can freeze frame on Jason Momoa looking sexy if that's what you want. Hey, it's going to be all available to you. Do you, on the map. Do you have to freeze frame it to see Amber Heard's part of the movie? Because I know that they you cut, might have to. I heard that they cut it. it Did you have you fast. have you seen it yet? Because I haven't seen it. Oh yet. yeah, it goes fast, baby. It goes pretty fast. Yeah, they, they they basically only left her in as much as they actually had to. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> like if they could if they could have cut her out halfway through a sentence, they would have done it. Yeah. Okay. So this this <laughs> movie, the first one did like a billion dollars, right? But yeah, this one did a billion dollars globally. This one's only done like half that globally so far, yeah, right? Four thirty-three. $433 million yeah. globally. So uh not you know, as good. And, and contributing, yeah, contributing to the overall just, you know, uh, the dive of, of superhero movies. Yeah. And exactly. and you know, we we just haven't seen those numbers. I mean, uh, you know, they're 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 unveiling the cast for the Fantastic Four and they're gonna do that movie. And just, you know, every time I think about it or I read something about it, everybody has the same question. Yeah. Is anybody going to care? Is anybody going to care? Ow. Have we reached the end? Ow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's move over to the movies and the streams. We got about uh, we got about four or five minutes here. Um, I want to keep the documentary for last, so hit me with the other two. All right, then we'll do one quick, and then we'll do one that I think deserves a lot more time. Driveway Dolls. In theaters, this is our quick one. Uh, it's, it's written by Ethan Cohen of the Cohen Brothers, but his brother's not working with him on this one. Ethan did this one with his wife, and it's it's the the crazy, wacky Cohen version of two women who are driving to Florida, and of course come across some bad men because they they inadvertently end up with a a briefcase in their trunk that has a lot of material. It could be very damaging. And now all the criminals are coming and trying to get it so they can leverage it and use it on their own. And, you know, it, it, it's a typical Coen Brothers movie in the sense that we have wacky scenes, wacky vignettes, you know, outrageous characters, over-the-top kind of, you know, dialogue and over-the-top kind of accents. But it just seems all played out. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I wish it was just one big cohesive movie I'm at one and a half waffles for driveway. I, I saw the trailer for this and it looked funny and it was a Cohen movie and I'm like, ah, you know, okay. So I mean, it, I guess maybe when you go you go back to the well one too many times, it's a tough deal for sure. All right, that takes us over to one and a half waffles. That takes us over to Ordinary Angels in theaters. Yeah, and actually, you know, a really darn good movie. Let me tell you, you know, uh, it's it's based on a true story. It, it has it has a faith based angle to it. Uh, it's Hillary Swank playing a, a, a hairdresser in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, whose life is falling apart. She's an alcoholic. And for some reason, she just connects with this family of, of this little girl, this five-year-old girl who needs a liver transplant. And, you know, the family doesn't have money for that. and They've got a lot of difficulties. And, and she ends up getting involved with her family and trying to help them and, and you know, transforming her life, transforming their life, and, and just really kind of being that feel-good movie that you don't see that much mm. anymore. You know, just, you know, it's just a pure out, you know, feel good movie. Right. There are difficulties and stripes. There's, there's wonderful scenes in here. And, you know, it just, it, it's one of those movies that just restores your faith. That makes you go, I can feel good with a movie. It doesn't always have to be smart alecky. Right. It doesn't always have to be outrageous. Preachy. Maybe right, we can yeah. just tell, yeah, yeah, we can just tell a really cool story. 
I'm at three and a half waffles on oh, Ordinary wow. Angels. I I really loved it. I dare you not to feel something when you go see this movie. Okay, Ordinary Angels, three and a half. That's a big one. All right, to the final documentary, my wife was saying, see if Willie's watched this. See if Willie's watched this. Can I tell you a secret? It's a Netflix documentary. And it, my wife said it freaked her out so bad. She said she was so creeped out. And this is after the lover, stalker, killer one that you got. So tell me what your yes. thoughts are. Can I tell you a secret? We got uh, okay. we got about a minute and a half. Okay. Lover, stalker, killer is a lot better. Watch that first, okay? This is a two-part series, basically uh, two hour-long episodes. These three women who get involved with just one of the worst stalkers who's ever hit the internet. I mean, he's spoofing Facebook accounts. He's he's pretending to be them and talking to their friends and their neighbors and their boyfriends and their fathers and, and, and spreading all sorts of lies and vicious rumors and ruining relationships, You know, taking their photos off of their phone and putting them places where they didn't want those photos to be. I mean, it is a horrible, horrible, horrible case. And that first hour really goes into that, and that's the fascinating hour. Right. The second hour is when we find out who this person is, and we start doing kind of more of a, a look at who is he, why would he do it, what was his motivation. That part to me wasn't as interesting. So I'm at two waffles on two this. waffles. I think the first oh. part is yeah. She agreed with your she agreed with your four waffles on lovers, stalker, killer, but. She said this one yeah. freaked her out even worse. And maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's because she's a girl and she a woman and she's she's affected more by it or not. But she also said it was good. So you guys are you guys can can co-mingle your junkiness for documentaries. All right, Willie Waffle, wafflebooze.com. Yeah. We're out of time, folks. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. How does 15 minutes go so fast? I don't know. We just start talking, and the next thing you know, it's... Ugh. But yeah, she 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 looked me in the eye, and she goes, you've got to see if Willie has seen this, because this yes. is just... She was... I mean, she was shook, dude. She watched this thing, and she yeah. was like, she was shook. Um, but well, she, and it's that first part. Yeah. That first part really shows you how this guy got so deep into their lives and, and, and touched everything around them and threatened them and, and, and put the fear of God into them, rightfully so. I mean, he's an unhinged maniac. Yeah. So I, I understand why that would hit her. Yeah. I don't know why people watch these things. I mean, I mean, I know that there are freakazoids out there. It's why I carry a gun everywhere I go, because there, right. are, some, there are some freaky people out there, right? But I don't know. My wife's like, oh, it was so good. I was so scared. I'm like, You're, you liked it? But it was, yes, it was so good. You know, and then she said, Locker, lover, stalker, lover, stalker, killer, was. she was also just like, that was so amazing kind of thing. So uh, you're doing good. I mean, I guess if you're a crime junkie, this is the time to be alive holy cow i mean talk, oh yeah. yeah i mean you know well, between all the netflix stuff that they're doing you know the discovery id you know uh, stream uh, is is full of stuff like this great stories i mean even cnn was getting into a lot of these yeah. things at one point so yeah you know i mean because they're amazing stories and they, you know, hey let's not forget the king of them all dateline nbc yeah 48 hours <laughs> Keith, those two know how to tell these stories too i actually got her a a kitchen towel that has a silhouette of Keith Morrison, and it says, Keith Morrison is my spirit animal. She hangs that in her kitchen because <laughs> Keith Morrison, for those of you who don't know, is the guy on Dateline that talks about a lot of this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it is, it's crazy that just people are so into it. She's talking now about this one thing called WB, 
WB Live or something where they actually they get actors for the reenactment that look almost exactly like the people. Oh, and, my God. Oh, man, they're telling some stories. I watched a couple with her, and I was like, wow, that is. But, I mean, you know, it, it's well, not my thing, but I, she loves it. So I'm just I'm just there to help. Honestly, I think it's because people want real stories and people want something that 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 is true that they can understand. I mean, let's face it, I can't relate necessarily to a superhero or right, you know, right. I can't necessarily you know, or I can't find a lot of those personal dramas in theaters. I mean, let's face it, something like Ordinary Angels, they don't make a lot of those movies anymore. You know, you got to find right. them on streaming or you got to find them on, on Hallmark Channel. And and so, you know, as as these other other human emotion kind of stories are dwindling, I think we're turning to these reality stories yeah. because, you know, we can feel that. We can, we can sense that. We feel you know, something, there's a connection right. connection there that yeah. we don't normally have with a lot of other movies. Yeah, we feel something. And I think that's the, that's the problem with Hollywood again they keep regurgitating and re you know retreading and and everything like this and at least these stories are real and they do make you feel whether it's revulsion or terror or you know whatever you are feeling I, I think you, John my end man yeah I think that's the that's the thing all right Willie thank you so much for coming on board and joining us he says he sounded like did you lose me can you hear me now can you hear me now all right Willie waffle wafflemovies.com Thank you so much, my friend, uh, for coming on board. I appreciate it. Willie lost my voice there for a minute. So, all right, we will be back on Monday. Enjoy yourself. If you're going to see Dennis Prager um, tomorrow, enjoy yourselves there. And thanks to all the people who participated for the giveaways and everything else. We will see you guys Monday morning, bright and early. Be here. Have a great weekend. terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show